What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master. Plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Well, I tell you, it's going to be hard to top that worship service. I don't think I'm going to try. I tell you what, if you can't feel God moving in here tonight, I hope you do by the end of the service because He's here and I needed it. With, you know how your whole day goes great until you get home, and it's just like, well, how does that work? Like, I was at work. It should have been going bad there. It shouldn't be going bad at home. And it seems like you walk in the front door. It's been that way all week. You walk in the front door, and it's just like, man, I'm just go back to work. It's going to be like this. And it's, you know, it's just the devil, right? It's just that enemy working. He's trying to steal our joy. He's trying to steal our happiness and everything that... You know, God gives us. He he doesn't want us to have it. So, well, let me go ahead and welcome the online audience tonight. I am Pastor Brett, the associate pastor here at Next Level Freedom Church. Thanking you so much for tuning in with us tonight. We are going to be ending our series on Before Time Runs Out. And this is going to be, I think this is, is this number eight or seven? Number seven, I couldn't remember exactly. That's a good number to end it on, amen? Number seven. So tonight, there's been a theme in the music, and I felt it here. We're going to be talking about glorifying God tonight. And we're going to just, we're going to talk about glory and what that is, what that means, I guess. So I'm going to read the definition of glory first before we get started. I can't figure out where I want this thing. I never can (laughs) figure out where I want this thing. Glory means to be highly renowned or to have honor won by notable achievements. So that makes me automatically think about Jesus dying on the cross. That is a very notable achievement, right? He deserves glory. Amen for that. Glory describes the splendor of holiness and majesty of God. So what does all that mean, right? That's that's a lot of... Christian, big Christian words that, you know, mean mean some things, but if you're like me, sometimes you read things, and then you get three pages ahead of where you were, and you have no idea what you just read. Amen? Anybody else like that? So as I read some things, it's just sometimes they just, you know, they go right in front of your eyes, you read them, but you don't stop to think about them. Tonight, I want to stop to think about what glory means, because it's. I think it's one of those things that we sometimes just go over it. We read over it. And we just think, oh, God should be glorified. Amen. Let's sing about glorifying God. We sing about it and we think that we've glorified God. And we never take a time to look at our lives and say, am I glorifying God? And what does that even look like? How, how do I glorify God? What does that look like? So tonight we're going to talk about that. Why do we give God glory? And we're going to try to answer it. So we're going to start and let me get my water here because I know I'm going to need it. Sorry about this, guys. We're going to start in Psalm 46, verse 10. 
And it says, and if you were here Sunday, this looks familiar. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So we read that Sunday. And guys, I'm telling you, God's trying to speak to us here because when our messages flow the way they have been the last few weeks, God is trying to get a point across to you. Because that's not because me and Trenton called each other on the phone like, you know, some high school girls and was like, what are you going to preach on and all this stuff? We didn't do that. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't coordinate our outfits and we don't coordinate our sermons. We, <laughs> we don't do those things. God does this stuff. What he preached on Sunday flows right into where I'm going tonight. And it was the way it was that way the week prior to that. So if God says, be still and know that he's God, that means God is saying, I've got this. Whatever your situation is, God's saying, be still and know that I'm God. I've got it. Because every single time you try to fix something, what happens? You make it worse. You don't fix anything. Never will you ever, ever, ever fix anything the way Jesus can fix something in your life. We'll always fall short, barely get it fixed. And then it falls apart and unravels on us. It never, it never works. It's always Jesus. And it, look at it. Be still and know that I am God. That's some of the most powerful words I think God could have ever spoken to us. The problem is, is that we don't listen to him. But I want to read this next part. It says, I will be exalted in the earth. Now, those are powerful words. That's not, I may be exalted. Or if the Christians lift me up, I'll be exalted. No, that ain't what he says. He says, I will be exalted. Remember the scripture in the, in the New Testament said, if we don't cry out, the rocks will cry out. He will be exalted. There's a video out. You might know who Louis Giglio is. Well, there's a video out there, and I can't think of the name of it, but off the top of my head, if I can remember it next week, I'll tell you. But he has this whole thing. I wish I could have pulled it up. We could have played it on YouTube, but where he has... He mixes basically all of the animal sounds and all of the sounds of earth, and he mixes them together with the sounds from some of the sounds of the stars and things that they've picked up out in the universe, and he blends it all together, and he turns it into, I think it's How Great Is Our God is the name of the song, and it's basically just sounds that the earth is making because the earth is constantly praising God. Even, he even shows the flowers. When the flowers, they open up, they make a little pop sound. We can't hear it. But when they open up, they praise God. And it's just so cool that everything has noise, everything has sound, and everything is constantly lifting up God. He will be exalted. It's just... He says that he will be exalted among the nations, and I think that that's what we're seeing right now. We're getting ready to see some some really extraordinary things take place in the earth. He's going to be exalted because whether we worship him or whether we praise him or whether we lift him up, he's still going to be glorified to earth. The best part about all of this is that we get to exalt him. We don't have to wait for the rocks to do it. We get to lift him up. We get to glorify him because we have, he's took us through a process now over the last, I guess, seven weeks where we have grown. Number one. Number two was what we pursued after God. Number three was we adapted, right? Number four was now we can testify about the good things that God has done. Somebody's going to have to help me after that one. I can't remember. Amplified. 
and then we acted on all of the things that he had just shown us, and now we're glorifying him for everything that he's just brought us through because of who he is, not because of what we can do, because we can't do nothing without him. So now we have a chance to glorify him. See, we worship God. We worship God by raising our hands during praise. We sing songs to God. We give him thanks for all the blessings that we see in our lives. We acknowledge God in everything that we do, and by doing this, we bring God glory with our lives. Does your life bring God glory? And that's one of the things we're going to seek out tonight is what are some things that we can do to bring God glory? So let me ask you guys a question. I want you to be super honest because as we get into the message, I'm going to challenge you on what I'm getting ready to ask you, okay? Do you want to bring God glory with every aspect of your life? If you do, raise your hand. All right. I've seen everybody's hand go up. All right. We're going to go ahead and jump to uh, Psalm 63. we got some reading to do. We're going to read 11 verses here. 1 through 11. Uh, a Psalm of David. When he was in the wilderness of Judah, Judah. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. You may recognize this now that we've started it. So I... I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. There it is again. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat, rich, fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. There shall be a portion for jackals. Pretty powerful words there, isn't it? The things that he's saying, he's glorifying God. He acknowledges who God is in his life. When was the last time I said a prayer like that? Hmm. When was the last time I said a prayer like that? When was the last time you said a prayer like that? Because it's clear here that David, he, he acknowledges who God is. He knows who he is, but now he's saying, I know who I'm acknowledging God, the things that you're doing, because without you, I'm nothing. Did I read? I didn't read verse 11, did I? But verse 11, but the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult for the mouths of liars will be stopped. I believe we're getting ready to see that one too. But anyway, everything that we do should bring God glory. Everything, every single little thing that we do. Even the things that right now you're thinking of that you shouldn't have done, you shouldn't have done it because it didn't bring God glory. Everything we do has got to bring him glory. So, all right, now this is a test, okay? I'm going to go through a couple of things. Some of these are going to answer and say, yep, I do that. I bring God glory with that one. But this first one's tough, okay? This first one's tough because I got challenged with this years ago, and I didn't pass the challenge, <laughs> and it hurt. I went to the pastor in tears over this and apologized to him because tithing is obedience. Oh, he said the T word. Tithing is obedience. 
obedience glorifies God. Are you glorifying God with your tithing? And this isn't a tithing message. This is just truth. God hit me with this one years ago, and it hurt. It don't matter if you make a dollar, you give him a dime. And if you want to go the extra step, you give him a penny with it. You give him 11 cents. God asks for 10% of what we bring in. 10%. That is your tithe. Anything after that is an offering or a gift to God. He's 10 is what is required. 10%. Now, I'm not trying to make money for the church tonight, amen? I'm telling you, that's an aspect of the Christian life where we give God glory. Because you have nothing without him. He gives you 90%. Without God, you got 0%. The job that you have, the income you have, wherever you get it, is from him. You give him glory for what he gives you by giving him the 10% that he asked for. You're glorifying him and saying thank you and worshiping him and praising him and all of that stuff in between. How about buying a homeless man a meal? How about feeding his children? How about... Is that giving glory to God? Now, we've got to be careful with that one, right? We see the signs all up and down the road all the time. I'm homeless. I need this. I need that. There's some very nice, well-done signs that they're holding up, too. (laughs) We've seen that stuff happen. But here's the thing. It's not our place to to know all of that. Now, God can give you discernment because he's given me discernment before. And I'm like, no, I I just know. And there's other times where we've went on a mission trip and God has said, give them money. And we wound up having a circle prayer standing outside of a Dairy Queen and having a conversation with somebody we'll never see again. But we had circle prayer with a homeless person that needed Jesus that day because he told us to stop and to bless him. So that's bringing God glory is stepping out of your comfort zone to do something or maybe giving something that's a sacrifice to you. Sometimes when you just don't know if you should or you shouldn't, but you hear God saying, I want you to do it, that's bringing God glory. Number three, everybody, I'm going to give you a pass on this one tonight, being in church. Y'all did great. (laughs) You made it. This one gets a little bit harder, though. So you've made it to church. How about serving in church? There's no place for me to serve in church. How can I glorify God by serving in church? Well, if you feel like there's no place for you to serve in church, please come see me or Pastor Trenton. We will find you a way to serve in church. Because there are lots and lots and lots of ways for you to serve in church. Everybody. They always say, well, that spot's filled and that spot's filled and that spot's filled. Well, there's probably about two dozen more that aren't filled. Because... A lot of times in smaller churches, you know what you see? You see the pastors of the church taking care of a lot of the stuff. But what you, while the pastors of the church are out taking care of the stuff, setting the stuff up, trying to greet people, and then trying to run back and make sure things are ready to go, pastors really shouldn't be doing that. Pastors need to be in prayer before their sermons. They need to be, yeah, greeting the people. They need to be shaking hands. Sometimes somebody comes in the door and needs the pastor that minute to to pray with them. There's different things. So there's places to serve so that the pastors don't have to do all that stuff. Now, I'm not trying to say me and Trent are trying to get lazy or anything. That's not not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is there's places for you 
so that we can be available for other things or so that your leaders or so that your worship team can be available to get ready. Because if the worship team's out doing other things, they're not up here being able to set their stuff up. Everybody following me? So that's another way. And so that's serving in church, worshiping. Trenton talked about worshiping this week. There's some that just sit there and don't do anything. No, I'm, I'm the type of person, sometimes I'll stand. Sometimes I'll raise my hand. Sometimes I'll clap my hand. Sometimes I'll just sit there and I'll soak some stuff in. But I'm not somebody that just sits there and twiddles his thumbs and wishes this was all over with. Those people are, they're, we, we've got to worship God. Our worship glorifies him. You know, we're not changing God. You understand that? Your worship isn't going to change God. Your worship is going to change you and give you an experience with God. You, he's not changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he wants to change you. And that's, what, that's one of the things that it's all about. When we glorify him, it's, it's almost like I could feel it in the atmosphere tonight. There's just something building up inside of me that, that we've been feeling it every single Wednesday. Last Wednesday was amazing. We're standing up here, and I'm praying, and Trent's like, you feel that? And I'm like, yeah, I feel it. I feel it. And it was just, it was everywhere. It was in here. God's glory was in here. He was being glorified. He was being lifted up. The singing and humbleness are the last two. Lift him up with your singing and be humble. Realize that you, y'all know that I don't think more highly of myself than I do of any of you. I've told on myself how many times up here? All right? I've told on myself. It's, it's humbleness. That glorifies God. Because you're not saying, God, I'm greater than you, and I'm greater than everyone in here. You're saying, no, Lord, you are great. Bless me because you're great. And so on. The point here is being a Christian that follows Jesus and his teaching should be our lifestyle. And if it is, then we glorify God with our lives. So I guess what I'm trying to get at tonight is what does your lifestyle look like? What does your lifestyle look like? What does your work lifestyle look like? Is your work lifestyle different than your home lifestyle or your church lifestyle? Do you glorify God while you're here, but you don't glorify God at work? If that's the case, you got something to work on. Because I think that's the case with a lot of people. Because it's easy to be saved. It's easy to be a Christian when you're in church. It's easy to lift God and raise your hands. There's been a few times at work I was raising my hands in the truck, and I was like, these people probably think I'm nuts. <laughs> Put my hand down. Because I just, I'm, I'm in that moment. I'm glorifying God. And I, it just, boom, the hand goes up. It's just something that automatically happens sometimes whenever you're worshiping. It's not something that I do constantly all the time because I worship in different ways at different times. But... So next time you find yourself asking God, what can I do? You can start by making sure you're living a holy life. I used to have a picture on my wall that said live righteous in my bedroom. When I lived in Illinois, it said live righteous, big letters, because I wanted to live righteous. I wanted to do right before God. Did I? Oh, no, not all the time, <laughs> especially not when I was younger. But see, guys, it, it should be a goal. It should be an effort. To glorify God. God, how can I bless you today? How can I glorify you today? How can I lift you up today? Use me today. I invited somebody to church today. They didn't come. And, and it, whatever, it's fine. I'm pretty sure they go to another church. But 
I'm not trying to steal people from church. I just said, hey, why don't you come to church sometime? Oh, I go here. Oh, well, that's cool. But it, it's a step because you're glorifying God by taking a step out of your comfort zone. Because you know what? It's not easy all the time to invite people to church, is it? But you know when you do, you know what you're doing? You're glorifying God. Because, yeah, you're just saying, oh, you want to come to church with me? But you, what you're doing is you're pointing it off of yourself and you're putting it onto him. Because you're saying, look, I go to church. I love God. John 15, 8. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. What does your fruit look like? How much fruit do you bear? What kind of fruit is it? Have you ever stopped to ask yourself that question? Because the Bible uses some strange terms sometimes to get us to to understand things. But this is one of those things that we know what it means. What's your fruit look like? What do you act like? What do people think of you? Do people know who you are? They may know who you used to be, but do they know who you are now? Amen? Because see, now it's, it's our duty. We've got to make sure that the branches that are coming off of us is good fruit. We're bearing good fruit. We're leading people to the Lord. People can see good things taking place in us, and it makes them say, what's going on at that church? I'm going to go check it out. And then they come in, and guess what? Now they get saved. Guys, it, it all falls to what we do with our lives and how we glorify God. It's, it's Good fruit will show that we glorify God and bad fruit will show that we glorify ourselves. Who are you glorifying? I've glorified myself plenty of times. I want the world to know who I am, which is a follower of Jesus. That's all I want them to know about me because everything else ain't really that great. But what he did for me, amen, what he did for me is what I want the world to see. And the way that they see it is if I am glorifying him. Am I getting that across tonight? Amen. First Corinthians 10 31. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do. We read this Sunday, I believe, didn't we, Pastor? Or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. How much more clear do we really want Do we want to get tonight? Whatever you do, make sure it is done in a manner that glorifies him. And that goes all the way down to what you're eating and what you're drinking and how you do it in front of people and everything that you do. Put the other person ahead of you. Make them more important than you are. Because if they don't know God, that's more important. That's more important than the way you feel. That's more important whether you like to taste of Brussels sprouts or not that night. All right? If they have Brussels sprouts and that's all they have to eat, it's going to be hard to get through, but I'll do it. Because I want an opportunity to share. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on. We all sitting out there like we perfect tonight or something. I got a few mm-hmm's. God, it's hard for me too, okay? You can, I can stand up here and I can preach anything that I want. Y'all would just, I'm telling you truth tonight, okay? I mess up, I fail, I struggle. But yes, I want to pursue God. I want to glorify God. I want to reach people. And if that means I have to eat a Brussels sprout, then I will. I will do it. <laughs> that may be the hardest thing I ever had to do, but I will do it. Amen. All right, let's move on. I'm going to get a drink. 
We're going to move on from that one. So let's talk about our gifts. So we know God gives gifts, right? Or actually, we're going we're gonna to look at in the frame of talents first, not spiritual gifts, but we're going to talk about our talents. We see some awesome, awesome, awesome talent in the world, right? There is. There's some awesome talent. And you're like, man, they were blessed. Woo. And then you hear what they're singing about. Oh, they just wasting that gift. Wasting that gift. You know, there's, there's all kinds of artists out there. You've got actors, and then you've got musicians and people that play instruments, people that sing, people that do, you know, hip-hop music and just different kinds of music, whatever it is. You're like, man, that is an awesome talent that they have. And then you see what they're using it for, and you realize that it's not blessing God. It's cursing God. The very thing, the gift that God gave them to glorify him is being used to curse him. I said the very gift that God gave them to glorify him, they're using it to curse him. Church, we have these same talents. You know what the difference is? They're willing to use their talents to glorify the king of the world, but we're not willing to use our talents to glorify the king of the universe. They're willing, but we're not. Why? I mean, that's a real question. That's real talk. Why ain't we using them? Why are we scared to use them? That goes right back to being able to serve in church. You got a voice. Why ain't you using it in church? Talk to Pastor Trenton or uh, uh, Ashley. Say, hey, I think I think I want to sing a song. I'm sure you, they could work, we could work something out. Hey, I, I play the guitar. Maybe I could maybe sometime do a song. Maybe I could play something. You got talents. Why don't you use them? I don't know what your talents are. I'm, I'm just saying the ones that I can see up here right off the top of my head. There's lots of talents that people have. Some of y'all can build stuff. Some of y'all can put stuff together. Some of y'all are geniuses. I'm not. Clearly, I'm not. But the point is, is if the world can use the same things that we got, they're doing it better than we are. We're the church. And they're doing it better than we are. We serve the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the king of the universe, the one that gave us that thing. And we won't exercise that gift because we're scared that somebody's going to laugh. We're the body of Christ. We're the church. If God is not going to use the body of Christ to glorify himself, he's going to go get the rocks. Because he's being cursed by the world with the same talents that we've got. The world's praising the king, the king of this world, their king. The world's praising their king. And we ain't lifting up ours. Ephesians 5.27. Actually, let me back up. Hang on to that. Put your finger there. Church, we need to be able to outpraise the world with our talent. We need to be able to outpraise the world. You think the world doesn't praise? Okay, okay. Let, we got to take, we're going to take a step back. All right, we got to talk about this. Anybody watch CNN? Anybody watch Fox News? Anybody watch any of the media outlets? You know what they're doing on every single one of those talk shows? They are praising their king. Do you know why? Because who is Satan? Satan's the father of lies. Every single one of those news organizations, 
I promise you, I can show you clips. I can prove it to you. They're lying to you. That is worship to their father. It's happening all over the world every single day. They know what they're doing. They know how to praise their king. We come in here on a Sunday and we come in here on a Wednesday and we sit there. We don't lift our hands. We don't clap our hands. We just sit there and wait for the songs to be over, wait for the sermon to get over so you can leave and you can say, well, I filled a seat that week. You ain't glorifying God. If you got it, use it, sing, play, preach, prophesy, speak in tongues, interpret, lay hands, heal, and do all of it to the glory of God. Now we're talking spiritual gifts. You got those things. You better be using those things. Those things are from God. You don't believe me? Go read your Bible. I ain't going to get into you that God doesn't use those things anymore. Baloney. He ain't going to give it for 10 years and then take it away. It don't work that way. He gives the gifts. I've seen them manifest. I've seen them been used, and it's real. I've seen things that have been prophesied come to pass. You ain't going to tell me God don't do it. You can't make me believe it. Ephesians 5.27. We're getting close, guys. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that then this is the King James. This might be a little different up there, guys. I forgot to tell Trenton that. But that it should be holy and without blemish. Back to the top. That he might present to himself a what? A glorious church. This is how I know that we have got to glorify God. That's going to be where it says splendor, put glorious. This is how I know that we've got to glorify God. Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. He ain't coming back for a church that's been beat down, that's ignoring him, that ain't living for him, that ain't glorifying him. Now, I'm not going to go all eschatological tonight and do all of that stuff and talk about the rapture and when it's going to happen and what we're going to look like. But I'm telling you, this scripture right here, man, it really has really got me to think a little differently about the way I look at things. What's the state of the church going to be when he does come back? Because he's coming back for a glorious church. When he comes to take us, he will be looking for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. So you know what that means? Spot or wrinkle? That means all those sins and things that we have that we're struggling with means we got to work them out. It's he's not saying I'm not coming for you because you have that on you. He's saying now it's like Pastor Trenton preached about the preparation and the message about now's the time for preparation. Now's your time to get all those things ironed out, to get them out, to get them moved out, because he's coming back for us. A glorious church. If that doesn't excite you guys, I don't know what to tell you. The only way it happens is if we glorify him. We put away our hate for others. Mm. Oh, they, now they're not quiet anymore. Now everybody's out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We put away our hate for others. People that have hurt you, people that have harmed you, people that have just given you every reason under the sun not to like them. Put it away. Put it away. You ain't got to carry it. Do you know why you don't have to carry it? Because he took it on the cross. He took it on the cross. So if he took it on the cross... You just glorify God for taking it from you. You ain't got to hold on to it. Ah. How about we learn to love? 
we're going to be talking about, I got a new, the next series, we're going to, first couple sermons, I think we're going to talk about some of this, but we got to learn to love. <laughs> I've seen, I seen a flag today that says love wins. I hate those flags, okay? Now, I don't hate the people, I hate the sin, just like God. God hates sin, all right? Now, let me explain to you why I don't like that phrase, love wins, and then it has the rainbow. The rainbow is a sign for Noah's Ark, and that's the way it was a covenant that God made between us about the flood. That's what the rainbow is. You're never going to convince me that it's anything else. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, thank you. I don't like the phrase love wins because real love comes, real love is, how do I want to put that? Love always leads to life. It never leads to sin, which is sin ultimately leads where? To death. Love will lead to life. And what that phrase is being used for, y'all know what it's being used for. It doesn't lead to life. It just, it doesn't. You can't put two of the same gender together and get life. It doesn't work. So therefore, that tells me that that's not the love that we hear about in the scriptures. And guys, that's just, that's gospel. That's Bible. That's realness. If you don't like that, you can get mad at me, but you got to take it up with God. So we got to learn to love, but we got to learn to love with the love of Christ to even love those people that don't understand what true love is. We got to be the example of what true love is. True love is a man giving up his life so that I can have life. That's true love. That's true love. Because you know what? His death brought life to all of us. It brought life to all of us. His love brought life to every single one of us. We need to learn to unify the body of Christ. Guys, that's what we're about here at Next Level Freedom Church is unifying the body of Christ. We have been trying with different places or whatever to make connections with different places so that we can unify with them, so that we can talk with them, so that we can connect together and basically just realize that, hey, we're all the body of Christ. We're all the, you know, we're all in this together. Why can't we do these things together? That's what we're about. We got to make it all about him, though. We can't make it about our my church or any other church or, you know, all these churches in the area. We can't say, well, it's about my church and I want to be in charge. Jesus is the one in charge, period. We agree upon the things we agree upon and the things that we don't. Mm, we'll work it out later. Let Jesus have it. So. That's what this church believes. We can unify the body of Christ. Then that will glorify God, and then we can change the lives and the people in this town, in the state, in this nation, and ultimately the world, because that is the goal of this house here, is to help change the whole world, not just Jackson, to help change Africa, to help change Germany, to help change, you name it, all, all the other countries that are out there. We want to get out to every single one of them. Is it going to be hard? I can guarantee you this one thing, and I'm, om- I'm really almost done. I can guarantee you this one thing. This church is going to try. It's not going to stop here in Jackson. We're going to try. Words have been given to this church, and we are patiently waiting as we begin to see little bitty blocks be put into place. The little pieces of the puzzle are coming into place, and we're beginning to see the picture 
things are God is forming new team members and I can't say a lot of things about that right now but God is forming different things he's putting different people in places and we're seeing the prophecies for this house be fulfilled very slowly <laughs> very slowly yeah so all right guys I know I, it looks bleak right now it looks rough and it looks hopeless at times doesn't it but that should make us work harder that should make us praise harder so I'll close with this Stop looking to the next thing on the world scene because a lot of us are doing that. We're looking to what's going to happen next. Oh, I hope they don't try to pass that. I hope eh, if they pass that, that's going to make it so hard. I just don't know if we're going to make it. Oh, what did old Joe do today? Oh, no, man, he did that now. I hear it all the time. I see it all the time. I, I hate it. Because we got to stop looking to the next thing. Stop waiting on the next COVID. Stop waiting on the next Mar-a-Lago to happen. God has got every single bit of that under his control. And there ain't a dang thing I can do about Mar-a-Lago or about COVID or any of that stuff. There's nothing that I can personally do that's going to just go out and change the world other than praying, seeking God, and glorifying the one that is in control of the whole thing and doing what I can here at Next Level Freedom Church to make a difference. And the same goes for each and every one of you sitting out here at Next Level Freedom Church. You're here because you got a purpose. You might be trying to work out, <clears throat> excuse me, work out that purpose. But you're here tonight because God has a purpose. He has a plan. All that other stuff is a waste of time. we got to spend time with him and glorify him for what he's about to do. Keep your eyes on the finish line. Because at the end of this race, when we hear it, well done, my good and faithful servant. Then you'll know that God's been glorified. And you can rest and spend eternity glorifying some more. But when you're done, when this race is ran, and it's all, it's all done, you don't want to look back. You don't want to look back and wish. Wish I could have. Wish I should have. Man, I could have done this. I could have done that. At that point, it's probably not going to matter, but you understand what I'm saying. Now is the time to glorify him. I go back to what I said a while ago. You're not here by mistake. And this isn't one of those messages where it's, I try to make you feel bad or I try to make you feel good or try to get you to the altar or anything like that. I'm not trying to do anything. I see the, I see the looks on people's faces. I see the concern because I can see your wheels turning. I can... I, I, Preachers see a lot of things from up here. We see the, the looks on faces. And I, I'm not calling anyone out. But as we see those things, we know what God's doing. It ain't my words. It's not Pastor Trenton's words. God's moving and shaking and working and twisting things up. He's making you realize things in your life. All I'm trying to tell you is that you're looking for the answer. The answer is start glorifying him every day. If you're a believer in Jesus, glorify him with every aspect of your life. Because if you do that, your life is going to drastically change. And sometimes it will change overnight. Sometimes it takes one act. What we talked about last week, you know, last week, acting. The act of getting rid of whatever's in your life that you don't need and then turning to him and saying, okay, I just want to worship you. I don't want nothing else. When you do that, 
you're going to see a whole change in your life. You're going to see God begin to open doors. You're going to see God begin to change things in your life that you never thought that you could do. I'm seeing it in my own life. I'm seeing changes. I'm seeing things. I'm looking at things differently. I'm learning how to fight things that I used to never fight because I didn't know how. Now I'm learning how to fight. And it's just because I've, I've changed my mindset from I'll never be able to beat it to I'm tired of being beat down all the time. I'm at least going to try. That's it, guys. At this, I'm going to close the online at this point. I feel like this is where we need to stop with them. If you're watching online, I hope you've got something from this tonight. I hope you were blessed. Hope you en- enjoyed listening to the message tonight. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, now is your opportunity. Now is your time. And I just feel like there's, I feel like there's conviction being placed over people right now. I, I, even online, and I know that's one of those things. This is recorded. I was like, oh, that pastor can say that because. Nobody will ever know, but I I feel like there's conviction over somebody watching right now. I feel like it's in this house too, but that conviction's God. You need to answer it. It's the best feeling in the world and the worst feeling in the world. Amen. If you need Jesus, here's what you do. It's real simple. It's not just words, guys. It's you and God, but I'm going to lead you through a a small little prayer here. And if you say this prayer and mean it from your heart, this is you acknowledging that you need a Savior. Father, I know I'm a sinner, and I know that Jesus died for me. I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart and be Lord of my life. I know that you died and rose for me so that I could have life. Lord, please change me and make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that you are now a new creation in Christ, your life has been changed, but it's also up to you to live in that life, to live in that lifestyle. Find yourself a good church. If you need to, you can write us here. Uh, go online at nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. You can probably, you can send us emails, whatever you need to do. We can help you in any way possible, but you need to go out and you need to find yourself a church. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.